Hello all my tea drinkers or other caffeinated beverages. Today we are back with another episode of the Tea with Tina podcast. I am coming at you with another late night recording because my husband is at hockey tonight and it is his hockey playoff game. So wish him luck. It is super late. Like he's going to be back at 1am. So that's fun. But um, get a load of this. He gets to wake up early. I'm sorry, not early. He gets to wake up later than me. He took a half day at work because he's going to get home late, which I don't blame him. But um, I'm going to have to tiptoe around him in the morning, which yay, yay for being quiet. I don't know about you guys, but I'm like a loud and rambunctious person in the morning because I'm half asleep. So I'm just clonking around, you know, trying to just get my body moving and ready for the day. So um, it takes me a lot of extra effort just to be energized. But anyways, we are going to hop right into the episode, so let's get started. Alright guys, so welcome back. Before we hop into today's episode, which I didn't even tell you what it's about yet, but you probably saw from the um, title, which is how to grow your glutes. One of the biggest questions that I get and it's super trendy right now. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to take a moment to thank all of my six week to fit challenge girls. They are going to be just starting week two. Um, this is the first time I've decided to do a paid six-week challenge in my online training app. I was usually just training um, really one-on-one through that app because I was kind of figuring it out and seeing the workflow and like client flow with that. And I'm so excited because all I've ever wanted was to build a nice community of girls who are hyped about working out and who are silly and rambunctious and who are pretty much just kind of like me, you know? Um, and I think we have created that through the six-week challenge. Um, I set a goal of having 10 girls in that challenge and I hit that goal and I actually went above and beyond that goal so thank you for all the support and for making Tina Weiland fitness a thing and for it to continue to grow and be better and better each time because of the success of this six-week challenge I plan on doing these quarterly um because they're fun, they hold you accountable, and they're just, they're awesome. So the workouts are kick-ass, the accountability's kick-ass, the dieting, just everything. Everything's amazing. Um, they're super fun for me to make, and I love seeing you guys get excited about your fitness goals and just crushing them. So yeah, be prepared for more of those in the future. I am beyond happy. So congrats, you guys. And for those of you who listening who are interested and maybe you didn't get a chance to sign up, stay tuned, because what? is April so let's see May June July I will probably be doing one around July or August I'm getting ready for that back to school season fall um, summer's winding down kind of thing so get ready for that Um, but yeah that's all I wanted to say mainly about that but we're gonna get into how to grow your glutes Um, like I was saying before 
building a big booty is pretty popular right now. Um, I have no idea what the next trend is going to be. Who knows? I was kind of taken aback by like any of my fellow millennials out there. Um, Gen Z is saying that we're, you know, off trend because we wear like side parts and skinny jeans. And I'm sorry, I wasn't aware that those weren't trendy anymore. <laughs> it makes me feel old guys and I'm only 25. Okay. But, um, I mean, I dig the middle part. I just, I take a while to kind of get up to par with like the trends. So I'm, I'm, I'm digging a middle part. I got curtain bangs. Um, I'm loving them. You know, they don't work with every hairstyle. Like my, my braids, they don't exactly work that great. So it's whatever, but I can like style my hair super cute, like any other way. Um, let's see what else the jeans like the skinny jeans I won't okay I'm not gonna lie I kind of like don't like the skinny jeans because I feel like you can't wear anything with them um but I mean I'm used to wearing leggings so I just usually wear jeggings but I'm I'm down for like a good mom jean um or like a boyfriend jean so I'm gonna be looking into those I'm gonna be keeping up with fashion guys you don't have to worry <laughs> okay um so I'm doing that but you know like I was saying the, the the trends are coming and going I have a feeling it's gonna kind of go the Billie Eilish like way uh, I feel like a thicker body is gonna be kind of like trendy if that makes sense like not necessarily Kim K thick like because she's unrealistic she's surgery but just like a natural like curvy body or like just like the baggy clothes like I feel like that's kind of coming in it seems like the early 2000s vibe is coming back and good lord if we get low-waisted pants again I'm gonna kill someone hip huggers no I just I have a short torso you want to catch me dead in those low-rise pants like I am gonna be in high-rise pants until I die until I die I'm gonna be high-rise pants and crop tops all day all day you're never gonna see my belly button it's gonna be fantastic it makes me look great <laughs> um so anyways getting back to this glute thing right um i was saying how like a big booty's a trend and it's probably gonna go away but having a nice booty is it has its perks i mean having a bigger butt obviously makes your waist look smaller um it makes your legs stronger it can make you more proportionate depending on your body type and i mean just strong glutes are great when you age i mean so you don't fall you can catch yourself if you stumble hey me i'm awkward so like the amount of times that lifting regularly has made me like not fall on my face has been great um i can also carry all the bags all the grocery bags up in one trip. I'm very proud of that. I never go back for two trips. No way. <laughs> um, so I do that too. But I'm going to start off by saying that to build a booty, as a disclaimer, some of it is genetics, okay? I come from a family of flat assers. <laughs> um, my dad has a an ass that goes in or straight down. <laughs> um, we're all very top heavy. My mom, she said that she used to have a big booty and, um, I mean, hers is normal. I'd say it's pretty average, but brother's flat sisters is average, I guess. Um, but yeah, very flat and we carry weight all around our midsection and have like no legs. So that's a fun thing to try to outwork. Let me tell you. But, um, people like Katie Hearn, Katie Hearn, if you know her, look, like, if you don't know her, look her up. She's my, like, body goal. She's amazing. She's had two kids. Um, she still looks fantastic, but she has a nice booty. A plump and juicy booty. Um, no homo. But she 
even admitted that a lot of it's genetics. Like, even if you look at her before and after pictures, like, she has a relatively flat bum before, but it just, like, explodes. And that's the thing. You could have a flat butt right now, but maybe genetically you build muscle very quickly in that area. So when you do work out, it just, it plumps up super fast. You know what I'm saying? So keep that in mind. Um, your booty may be harder to build. Maybe if you're super lean or have a faster metabolism, you're going to have a harder time putting on muscle to be able to get something back there. So appreciate what you have. You know, if you're working it, you're doing something right. It may not always turn out exactly how you want. You might not have a Kim K butt, but let's be real. Kim K doesn't even have a Kim K butt, right? Right? It's Photoshop. It's implants. Uh, Kylie, Photoshop, implants, a lot of stuff, if you met them in person, you'd be like, okay, this doesn't look that great. But I must say, I'm not shit-talking the Kardashians because, one, they have an amazing business, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, like, a business mindset. The fact that they can sell basically nothing because they don't really have, like, actual talent, fantastic. And also, I think they're plastic surgeons compared to, you know, other people's plastic surgery. They look pretty good. So, I mean, I, I like the Kardashians. But, you know, you gotta take them with a grain of salt. You gotta remember. So, a lot of it's smoke and mirrors. <laughs> so, okay. So, genetics is number one. Now, for you to build your glutes, though, you have to build muscle. But how do you build muscle? Well, the two biggest things are you gotta lift heavy And heavy is relative. You know, if you're just starting out, uh, I don't know, 10, 20 pounds could be extremely heavy for you and you're working your way up. If you're more experienced, maybe 150 pounds is heavy for you. So it's relative. And you got to eat a lot of food. Again, relative, depending on your body type. Um, When I say eat a lot of food, I wouldn't necessarily say that you have to eat in like a caloric surplus as in like a bulk. But, you know, if if you're on the leaner side and you're trying to gain muscle, you will have to probably at least eat at maintenance and train heavier. Um, eventually, you would maybe build up to a small surplus. Um, for most females, and many fitness professionals would probably agree with me, that they don't need um, a huge surplus we don't need to bulk like men mainly because we tend to store more fat and our bodies just work differently with hormones and how they're shaped and and all that stuff so being in like a large surplus really doesn't benefit us it's kind of like a waste of time so it's better to be in a maintenance or a minor surplus for the average gym goer unless you're like a competitor or something like that and you have a very specific plan set out to get a certain body type i mean you're probably better off with the the maintenance um, route. Because remember, you got to eat a lot of food to build muscle and a little bit of fat in there because you can't have just muscle and no fat. Um, but it's not going to be crazy. And obviously the lifting heavy part, we want to challenge ourselves in our lifts. And, you know, if you are hesitant to lift yourself, I do recommend either investing in a trainer or even just getting the trainer at your gym or maybe an experienced friend that you have um, or family member that lifts and have them be there with you when you do certain lifts, especially if you're trying to get under the barbell, uh, which if you haven't, 
please get under the barbell because um, it was the greatest thing to ever happen to me. And I that's like my number one specialty is getting girls under the barbell um, with squatting, deadlifting, benching, rowing, overhead pressing, everything because it's such a great tool, full body. It just it hits different and it can be a little intimidating to set it up and everything, but it's actually really easy once you know what you're doing, once you know the safety protocols and things like that, so you don't look like an idiot when you're walking over there not knowing um, specifically what to do. And especially with weight, and this goes beyond the barbell, is you know if you have someone there to push you um, or someone there in case you mess up or go to failure, I think you get a little bit more comfortable. And once you see that you can do the higher weight when that person's around, it, it gives you a little bit more confidence and then you can train heavier on your own because you know that you did it um so keep that in mind when you're you know you're training heavier if you can't get past that mental block just have someone with you you know have someone who knows what they're doing be with you when you're lifting for a little bit now getting into training the biggest thing you probably want to focus on when you're building your glutes is you want to do the compound movement. You may have heard of this before, you may have not, but a compound movement is a movement that works more than one muscle group. So it's very efficient. Um, I shouldn't say muscle group, but works more than one muscle at a time. It's not like an isolation exercise where you're doing a bicep curl and it's only hitting a certain part of your bicep. Um, for instance, like a squat, you're going to hit your quads and your glutes at the same time. So you get, you know, bang for your buck. Plus, I mean, you can argue that you're always working your core um, and you're working some minor accessory muscles as well. But some of the big compound moves I'm thinking of are hip thrusts, squats, and deadlifts. Okay, so squatting, I mean, you can start simple. You can start with body weight, um, go to holding a dumbbell like a goblet squat, um, and then you can kind of work your way up to a barbell. And there are different variations of squats that you can do to switch things up. There's sumo squats. Um, you can put a plate on your heels for like an elevated squat. You can sit on a box. You can change how slow or fast you do the squat. Um, there's a lot of variations to it. Same thing with deadlifts. Deadlifts, great. They're more for the booty and the hamstrings, but there's different ones. You have um, a Romanian deadlift, which is your RDL. Um, a standard deadlift. There are sumo deadlifts. So there's a lot of those too. And then hip thrusts. Um, I am a huge fan of the booty builder. My gym got a booty builder. It is a professional piece of gym equipment. However, I think they sell at-home ones too. But oh my god, I'm in love. It basically sets you up to do a hip thrust without all the awkwardness of finding like the right bench height, um, you know, bruising your hips with the barbell, trying to like awkwardly thrust. I mean, this machine just does it for you. It's great. Um, but, you know, if you don't have access to a booty builder, you can still thrust. Um, you can start with a band. Again, you can start with a dumbbell. You can do it from the ground. You don't necessarily need to be elevated on your, like, elevating your back on a platform. It's just a different way to do it. You can do single leg hip thrusts. Um, there's a lot of ways. You can even do a glute pull through, 
which, you know, you can look that up, a cable glute pull through. It's virtually like a hip thrust in the air. I know that sounds terrible, but it's good. It's really good. I promise. (laughs) Um, I have my clients do it all the time. So those are the three big moves that I recommend doing. And you want to work up to doing those heavy. Um, So we're looking at three to five sets of maybe six to 12 reps. I would even argue you can go as low as four reps. Like the program I follow, which I follow more of like a powerlifting, it's like a strength-based program with some like accessory movement in there. But I did four sets of four squats today and I've been really working on upping my weight, which um, I think... I maxed out at like 170, which I'm happy at with because that's definitely more than my body weight. Um, it's not the heaviest thing in the world, but for me, that's awesome. So I'm at 170 for my squats. Four sets of four. Girl, you gotta lift heavy. <laughs> um, same thing with the hip thrusts and the deadlifts. They're all super fun. Now, as far as training, you know, you're probably thinking, okay, how many times do I train legs a week? Um, I would recommend two to three times. Um, this is going to be dependent on your schedule and your preferences and how many days a week you're already working out. Um, but at least two, okay, you want to spread them out because legs, they take a lot out of you. They're, you know, they're big. They're half your body with all the different muscles. So they're tiring. You need time to give them rest and recovery. Um, a lot of people like to split up their workouts into like a quad focus day, so the front of the legs, and then like a booty and hamstring day in the back of the legs. That's up to you. You know, um, I've trained all over legs both days. Um, and like third day, you can do like an accessory day or whatever, but just make sure to at least put like a day of rest in between your leg days or focus on arms or something like that. Okay, so we have that. Um, next, I wanted to say about progressive overload. Um, which you may or may not know what progressive overload is. Progressive overload just means that you are progressing in your movements. But a lot of people, when they hear that, they think, oh, okay, so I got to constantly up the weight. No, that's not right. That is not true because there is going to be coming a point in your training where you cannot up the weights. No matter how hard you try, your body just plateaus because we can't necessarily do more, 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 more. But we can get better somehow okay so progressive overload when you first start training you're probably going to be more conservative in what weight you use you know you're gonna kind of doubt yourself and also you don't want to you know overdo it right off the bat so you're gonna be more conservative once you get confidence in your strength you're gonna start bumping up the weights and you're gonna bump up pretty quickly um but there is gonna reach a point where you're like i literally cannot do anymore So when that happens, that's when we look at other forms of progressive overload. So we look at maybe you're still doing the same sets and reps. Maybe you're doing three sets of eight. Um, But we're going to focus on form. Maybe when you're squatting, you can't get your butt as low as you would like. Um, Or maybe, I'm trying to think, with a hip thrust, you can't really squeeze all the way at the top. So you're going to hold it for a couple extra seconds. So looking at things like form... Um, how things feel, tempo, all those things are going to be progressive overload for you. So if you're improving some way, some form, not just weight with your movement, consider that progress. (laughs) Um, and then another thing I want to add is accessory work. So we have our heavy compound moves, 
We're focused on progressive overload. But what about the accessory work? You know, the accessory work is what you probably see on the Instagram um, swipe videos, what you see everywhere with like booty workouts because it's trendy, it's fun, it it changes up all the time. It's not simple and boring. Well, newsflash: the basic, simple movements are the ones that show progress. Just like brushing your teeth the same way day in day out is gonna keep you from getting cavities for the most part. Um. But that's the same thing with working out. The same boring movements done over time are going to get you results. But, you know, hey, I'm like you. I have a short attention span. I like to switch things up. I am not very mathematical. I am like the rainbow sprinkle fun time in my life. I'm that person that I love switching things up and making things pretty. So... I include the accessory work too, so don't think you can have one without the other. Yes, you have to do maybe some of the boring moves, which you can switch up a little bit, like I was saying before, with maybe the type of squat you do, or the type of deadlift, or the tempo, or the sets, or the reps, you know, those get changed up to keep things fresh. But the accessory work, that's fine. You can switch that up all you want. Um, Those usually come after those big lifts because, you know, we want to get those big lifts when our moves are fresh, our energy is fresh, and then the accessory movements focus on the tinier muscles, so we put those towards the end of the workout. Um, But the accessory work, you know, you can use your booty bands. Um, you can use cables, you can try out those fun Instagram moves, but even those, I would argue, try to keep somewhat similar, you know, try to use the same couple moves for at least a couple weeks at a time. You can rotate them out here and there, um, but see if you progress with those, you know, maybe next time that you do that workout, you're like, okay, I can bump it up five pounds, or, oh, I really nailed that form this time, or you know, something like that. So keep that in mind as well. You're still kind of progressive overloading, but you can still have fun. You don't have to be super strict about it. (laughs) Okay. Um, Last thing I wanted to touch on was recovery. Um, Because you're gonna be training that booty hard, especially if you're doing three days a week. Recovery is just as important, especially with training, because when you recover, that's actually when your muscles repair themselves. So training is actually tearing your muscles, breaking them down. But the act of resting is when they build up nice and strong. So recovery means kind of more than one thing. Recovery isn't just sleeping, but getting, you know, your sleep every night is fantastic. That helps a ton. Um, but things like stretching, so taking some time to do some stretches. Again, you don't have to be perfect as long as you're better than what you were yesterday. Foam rolling, um, Epsom salt baths are really good for sore muscles because they have magnesium in the salts a lot of the time. So that helps ease sore muscles. Um, you can use usually heat, um, sometimes ice as well, depending, you know, some people prefer one over the other, but a lot of people do ice baths, um, like athletes and stuff, so that will really help too with muscle soreness, cold shower, that's all your stretching stuff, getting into nutrition, you want to prioritize protein, especially in a muscle building phase, um, you want to, keep as much muscle as possible and you want to put on quality muscle so that's why your protein intake needs to be high um you can go back into my podcast about nutrition and stuff but i always talk about usually 0.8 to 1 gram of protein 
per pound of ideal body weight. So, I mean, if you only have five or 10 pounds to lose, you know, you can be in that range. But let's say you have 50 plus pounds to lose. If you're 200 pounds, you don't need to eat 200 grams of protein if you want to be 150 pounds. So, if you want to be 150 pounds, shoot for 150 grams of protein. And I get it. It's hard to eat that much. Um, start slow, you know, be like, okay, I'm going to hit 100 and then try to bump your way up to 150. So yeah, prioritizing protein, um, calories too, keeping an eye on, you know, your food intake, the quality of food you're eating, just to make sure you have energy and fuel to really go all at your um, workouts and stuff. And I guess another thing I didn't really touch on was cardio, which you don't need to eliminate cardio. Um, me personally, <sighs> I like to do the stair climber. I love it. Um, and the Airdyne bike or the assault bike. Like, those are my favorites. Cardio, you're not necessarily going to target your glutes. So, don't necessarily worry about, um, you know, oh, do I have to do the stair climber to build my booty? No. I'd rather you do something that you enjoy than try to do something because it builds your booty. Um, cardio more so indirectly would build those muscles. It's more so just working them and it, it's more for heart health and getting your heart rate up. Um, so focus on what you enjoy cardio wise. Um, there's really no right or wrong unless for instance, like me, if I run a lot, I tend to lose my butt first. So if you notice something like that, because again, everybody's body's different, you know, then of course stray away from that and try to do a different type of cardio. You can also always do kind of like body weight cardio circuits or more CrossFit style workouts. Those are really fun and great and they get your heart rate up. <laughs> um, so that's something to try out too. Okay. So I think we covered all of the bases. Yeah. We, we talked about genetics, um, how you have to build muscle, you have to do the heavy compound movements, training two to three times a week for the booty, um, legs in general, legs and booty. Um, we have to use progressive overload, use our accessory work, and recovery. Okay, those are the real ways of how to grow booty. There's no fancy route. Um, if you struggle with, you know, maybe putting together a diet or putting together the right workouts, I definitely suggest seeking the help of a professional. And it doesn't have to be me. Um, I'm just saying I'm here, though, if you need me. But no, you, you really can shoot me a message if you have any questions on that. I'd be happy to answer that um, or point you in the direction of my programming if that's something that you need. But if you need something more in person, then you can obviously reach out to your local trainer or an experienced friend or family member to, you know, give you a little bit of help and advice in that section too. So I hope that you learned a little bit about building your booty. I hope that I debunked some of the booty building myths that you may have heard about and I hope it cleared up any questions that you may have had and as always if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to give it a five star rating and review um, I believe you can only do this on iTunes at this point I don't think Spotify does reviews yet so yeah if you pop over there and you know what screenshot it send me the screenshot through social media email whatever and I will give you 20% off one of my programs that's great. So, um, yeah, thank you again for supporting my podcast. It's super fun. It's my outlet and I love doing it. And until next time, guys, I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope you go out and build your booty and get that peach booty. All right. I'll see you guys.